My name's Tim, and uh, it's good to have you with us this morning. And if this is your first time here, just sit back and relax and, uh, and just enjoy being together. Great, great to have you with us. Uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to share some stuff out of the Bible, and then we'll sing two songs, and we'll be done today. So if you're wondering, what's it look like? Uh, you'll, that's what we're doing. You'll notice a communication card that's in your bulletin, and that's an opportunity for you to maybe ask for some prayers. We don't have an altar call. We, feel, we believe that you can respond to the Lord right there in your seat. And so uh, if you've got something you want to ask people to pray for, we have a, a prayer team that takes your prayer request before the Lord. They don't take them to other people and say, look here, look what they're saying. They talk to the Lord and say, look here, look what they're saying, Lord. Help them with this. And, um, and that's, uh, we want you to know that's available to you. And we'll be filling that card out at uh, the end of end of this lesson. We'll give you a chance to do that. Uh, also, uh, when do we pass the plate? A lot of people ask, when do you pass the plate around here? You know, and I go, well, we pass the plate for our regular contribution at the end of, of our worship service. And uh, we're, we want you to know as a guest, you're under no obligation to give. We, did, we didn't invite you here, and we don't believe you're here today to put money in the plate. We don't expect it. So if you get a weird look, uh, you know, you shouldn't unless it's from another guest. It may be that, okay? But I want you to know, don't worry about giving uh, when the plate's passed. You know, we're, we're not here to, to take money from you. We're here to give you something, church. Um, we're obviously starting a new series, and it's called Axemen. And uh, I appreciate Ann uh, putting this together for us. Um, uh, you know, a picture tells a thousand, uh, says a thousand words, they say, and it sure does. This one does as well. And uh, we have been spending, if you remember, since the beginning of this year, we've had a sermon series that's about seeking roots and raising fruit. And it was, a, and it was about, you know, we need to sink our roots into Christ, sink our roots in, into the Word of God, sink our roots into the Holy Spirit. And what happens? God begins to produce fruit in our life. Well, what I want you to see is something else here. In, in, in this series, we're going to be looking at the book of Acts. And I want you to notice that this picture here is talking not about necessarily fruit, but harvesting. But going out and collecting and harvesting. And, and that, that really God has made you and I, uh, and, and saved you and I, and is producing the, the, His characteristics in our life for a purpose. And it's not just to personally benefit and just keep it to ourselves, but to go and make disciples and help others experience these very same things that you're experiencing. In fact, you'll notice this guy, look at him, he's, he's dressed to work. And he has a sharp instrument next to him. And we're dressed to work. God wants us, I want you to know, God wants us to, to get to work. And with the Word of God, which is a double-edged sword, we're to go to all the world and, and harvest and harvest. So I hope that this, this uh, series will encourage you to look at, what am I going to do with all the fruit of my life? Am I just going to sit and enjoy it? You know, if you don't use your fruit, guess what it's going to do? Going to rot. Going to rot. So, so uh, let's dive into this book, this book of Acts, and, and talk about it today. Because what I want to do today is I really want to talk about why we're talk, looking at the book of Acts. And maybe uh, kind of give us an overview of some of the things we're going to see and we're going to notice in this book. I've called it the sequel. Now, why would I call it the sequel? Well, the reason I'm calling it the sequel is because Luke wrote the book of Acts. And he also wrote the Gospel of Luke. And so this is like a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. It's, it's part two of a two-part series that Luke 
is writing. And by the way, we, we, what we know of this is, is that, that the book of Luke and the book of Acts make up 27% of the New Testament, the most of any writer. I thought the Apostle Paul had that, that title. But Luke, the doctor who wrote the Gospel of Luke and the Gospel of Acts, these two books take up 20%, 27% of the volume in the New Testament. And, and so what I want to talk about today is a little bit is what is the purpose? What is the purpose and, and what can we expect and what, what are some things we can learn from this book? Now, if you remember, we did a, did a, a book called Leviticus. Remember that book? And I know some of us here were like, there's no way, Leviticus, are you crazy? And then some of us were like, this is great. They love Leviticus. And, and uh, Leviticus was a challenge. But one of my personal favorite books is the book of Acts. I love this book, but I find it extremely challenging as well. And so in this series, we're going to learn some things. Let me give you four things I think that the book of Acts is going to do to you and I. As we go through this, I want to encourage you to start reading the book of Acts. I want to encourage you in your small groups. I know one of the things I'm going to do in one of my small groups is I'm go- we're going to read each chapter. And we're going to read through the chapters and just talk about what do you notice. What I want you to do is, just like we're looking at this picture and we're trying to figure out on your bulletin there, and as what is it saying about the Acts, the book of Acts or Acts men, that, that maybe you can find principles and thoughts from this book as you read. Okay, and then that, and then you'll be encouraged by this book. What what are you talking about, Tim? Well, let's 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 get right into it. Here's the first thing I want you to notice, and that is the book of Acts helps me trust my God. He helps me trust the Lord. That was the purpose. That was the purpose of the book of Acts. You say, how do you know that, Tim? Well, let's read a little bit from the book of Acts this morning. And uh, if you got your Bible and you'd like to turn to the book of Acts. Let's read a little bit here. And look what it says here. I'm going to read just a few verses here in the book of Acts. It says, In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote, all about, uh, wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions to the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates my Father has set by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After He said this, He was taken up before their very eyes, and a cloud hid Him from their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as He was going, when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside Him, men of Galilee, They said, why do you stand here looking at the sky? That's funny, isn't it? Yeah, what are you doing? (laughs) This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you've seen him go into heaven. So today what I want us to do is I want us to see that, that this book right off the bat, right off the bat is telling us that this was written 
to a man named Theophilus to increase his faith. Now, the Bible says, I think it's up here on the screen. I think we've got this passage, Romans. Yeah, look at this, what it says here. It says, so faith comes from hearing the good news, and people hear the good news when someone tells them about Christ. And what I want you to see, I guess, is, is, that, is that this is exactly what Luke is doing here for Theophilus. Theophilus is a, is a Greek. He's a Gentile. And, uh, and, and you'll notice in the book of Luke, when he writes the book of Luke, in fact, if, if you see here in, the, uh, here in your notes, look what he says here at the beginning of the book of Luke. He goes, many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us from those uh, who from the first were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. Therefore, since I myself have already investigated everything from the beginning, it seemed good also to me to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. He says most excellent Theophilus. That word most excellent is given to people of leadership or of, of some kind of um, title. Uh, twice you see this, this phrase used, one for Felix and one for Festus in the book of Acts. And they were leaders in government. So Theophilus is probably some kind of leader, some kind of ruler of some sort. He has a, a lot of responsibility. And he must have become a Christian. And Luke is saying, I want to give you an account of what's going on and he starts, he says, first I'm going to give you an accurate account of what Jesus began to do and teach all the way up from one point to his ascension. And, and he says, and I'm doing this, verse 4, so that you may know for the certainty of the things you've been taught. He says, I want you to be confident in what you believe. And so the purpose of the book of Acts is to bring confidence to us. It's to, it's to bolster our faith. It's to, it's to help us understand deeply, more richly, what God is doing and what God is all about. You could call it a sequel. A sequel. Look at Acts 1 again, here on your screen. In my former book, Theophilus, isn't it interesting? He's went from being most excellent to just Theo, to Theophilus. wonder why he dropped that. Maybe Theophilus had discovered through the gospel and through, and through the writings... He's going to, he discovers he's just like everybody else. He needs to remember that. He needs Jesus like everybody else. I don't know. But he doesn't use that term. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and to teach. He refers to Luke in the book of Acts. And he says, here's another letter. Here's another thing I want you to see. It's a sequel. And I want you to see this so it can bolster your faith. Now, guys... I want you to know, as you read the book of Acts, you're going, to be, you're going to have a lot of things happen to you when you read this book. First of all, it's going to scare the pants off of you. There's going to be times it's just going to scare you to death. What's going on? For example, this week I decided, because of some, some things in context that's going on in my life, I decided to look at the book of Acts. And what, I just started to look from each chapter to see what I could find. And in chapter 1, in chapter 1, I notice already they have a hole in their leadership. This church hasn't even got off the ground and it's got a problem. Chapter 2, they're called drunks. Things aren't going well for this church. Right out of the gate, they're called drunks. By the, by the community. 
community doesn't understand Christians. I don't expect them to, do you? But, but then, then they have 3,000 baptisms. You say, would you like to have 3,000 baptisms? Yeah, until you have 3,000 baptisms. And then what happens? Man, I used to be able to get my coffee within five minutes. Now I'm waiting six hours. And who are these people? They don't even know our songs. Who's going to take care of all these people? You are. Oh, no, I'm not. Hey, you were in before they were. There's only 120 of us. How many people is that? Almost 30. I can't do that. That's not a small group. That kind of slipped out. I'm sorry. Do you see what I'm saying? 3,000. Wow. A lot of people. A lot of problems. I get the impression already from the, right off the bat, the church is in constant turmoil and upheaval. A few chapters later, Ananias Sapphira. They don't give when they're supposed to. Or they give, but they act like they gave a bunch. And they're struck dead. I don't know about you. But I would be going, what kind of church is this? People are dying in it. They got struck dead. They better give better. I don't know. Lots of stuff. What kind of church is this? Then you got these women, widows. I'm not getting any help. Nobody's coming over and saying hi to me. I'm not getting any help. You know, you too. Me too. And the crowd gets larger and the grumbling gets going. And somebody's like, the apostles are going, we've we, we got to get somebody to do this because it's just too much for us. We're trying to preach the word. We need to get some people. And we, so they hire some demons. I mean, deacons. They get some deacons and they take care of the problem. And then when they're just all comfy and cozy, God scatters them. I want the church to stay the same. I like my friends. They're all scattered. They're all leaving. God scatters them. That's trouble. I'm looking for some help from the book of Acts, folks, and I'm not getting much. Anything else happen? Yeah, Apostle Paul. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was trying to kill Christians. And he becomes a Christian. Yay! And they try to kill him. Oh. What a coward. Out the back door, down the window, in a basket. Can you just imagine Paul going, what have I got myself to do? What kind of church is this? I mean, I can just see him playing it. And he's beaten and flogged and shipwrecked. Even a snake bites him. Can you imagine? Man, everybody's against me. <clears throat> What's that? Even the animals were against me. And then I sit around and I get a little criticism and I can't handle it. How did that how does that old theolo- new theologian Taylor Swift say, Trouble, trouble, trouble? Ah! Ah! Trouble, trouble, trouble. I shouldn't say that. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Chelsea. (laughs) 
I just, I, you know, I joke about it right now, but I've been laughing for weeks. i got to tell you, I'm trying to get out of here. I'm trying to get out. Uh, Chris, I did read Psalms 55. David tries to get out. I've given up this job. I want to get out. But God won't let me go. I wish I could say, you know, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Trouble. I'm reading Psalms 55 and David saying, my best friend is causing me trouble. But I will trust in you, Lord. That's how he ends it. I read the book of Acts. I see lots of trouble, church, for a church. You know, we're not the Peace Corps. You understand me? If you think you're coming to church to have some peace, it's a different kind of peace. Jesus said, I give you a different peace out of this world. The kind of peace, he says, I give you a sword. Sometimes it's a sword. Divides friends and family. I don't get it. I don't fully understand it. But I know it's true. That's all I know. And so... I'm reading about all this trouble in the early church, and I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm expecting, I have an expectation. I expect normal to look like this. And God says, Tim, <clears throat> there's a new normal you need to accept that the kingdom's going to have trouble. 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 And so I read my book of Acts now, and I see the trouble. And you know what else I see, though? How they handle the trouble what they do in the trouble. How they rely on the Lord and pray and rely on the Spirit of God in those troubling times. Some of them are killed. Some of them are beheaded. Some of them are just scattered. They don't even know where they're going. Lord, I had a good work going on here at Samaria. I know, Philip, but I want you to go reach out to one person. i got a whole bunch of people here, Lord. I want you to go reach that one. That's Acts 8. That person right over there. I want you to go. It's in the middle of nowhere. Okay, I'll go. And that guy, this axe man, goes and reaches out to another man who becomes an axe man, and he reaches Ethiopia. Hmm, this book's interesting. And so I want you to know that every time I try to get out, God drags me back in. And maybe you've been thinking of running and bailing. As you try to go, just remember, God may grab a hold of you and drag you back in. And it's okay. You might feel like, I've said this, I feel like a prisoner of Christ. Wait a minute. Paul said that, didn't he? wonder what that's really about. So, it builds my trust. It builds my trust. It'll scare you. It'll make you scratch your head. It'll stretch you. But I want you to know it will give you confidence and security. When you see what happens, the sequel. They always say, is the sequel better? I like Jaws 1. Love Jaws 1. And I love Jaws 2. I like Jaws 2. 3 and 4 and 5 and 50. I, got, I, I lost count. You know, 
And and I want you to know there's this is a, a great sequel of here's what Jesus said, Theophilus, and here's what and Jesus did, and here's what Jesus does, Theophilus. Here's what he did and does. You see what he said, people doing it. So the first thing I want you to see, I want you to see in this book, I noticed for me, is that the purpose of it was to build faith. So read this book and let it build your faith. What's the second thing, Tim? Well, the book of Acts shows me Jesus is still working. I'm embarrassed by this, what I'm about to tell you. But I've, I've had this thought. Okay, Jesus dies. He, he comes to earth. He's born. And the manger, and you know, all that Christmas stuff. And then he walks around, and he teaches, and then he dies on the cross. And what's he say on the cross? It is finished. Right? He's done. It's done. It's paid. It's finished. Is it? Is it finished? I don't want, I don't want to downplay what he did on the cross. I begin to realize what was finished. Sin was finished. It was finished. But he was dead. You know, I, I'm one of those people that watched The Passion once, bought the movie, and it's still in the cellophane. Anybody else done that? Isn't that awful? What is wrong with us? I'm going to get that movie. Really? Are you a glutton for punishment? I can't watch it. I cannot get out of my head the peering stare of Mary into the camera as she holds her dead son, like, look what you've done to my son. I can't get past that. But I'm so glad the end of that movie doesn't rest there. Remember what the end is? Somebody's walking out of a tomb. And you see the hole in his hand. Oh, my God. Yes, that's who it is. And he, he's not done. I could see them all going, it's finished. He's done. Stick a fork in him. And he goes, I'm not done. Well, you just said you were finished with something. But I got more to do. I'm still working. And I've been guilty of this, thinking, well, isn't he? You know, he came and did his thing. He died on the cross, resurrected, and got out of Dodge. He left us. He's done. And what's happens? That They're staring in the sky. Golly! Hey, two angels. What are you guys doing? Hey, look, there's two angels. What are you doing staring in the sky? What did he tell you to do? Go into town and wait, like he told you, for the Holy Spirit. And so they do. Why? Because there's more to be done. And Jesus has got more to do. It says here in Acts 1, just look at this. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach. Would you circle began? And underline to do and to teach. It says, what he began to do until the day he was taken up into heaven. After giving instructions to the Holy Spirit, to the apostles he had chosen. Now, he's saying, I've recorded the first book. He's saying, this first book is about what Jesus started doing from his birth, I, could, we say, could we say that, to his ascension. And then he says, I'm going to write you another book here. That what he began to do, he's still doing. It's important for us to understand this. When you're reading the scriptures and reading the book of Acts, 
there's somebody once said this, or, or I read this, I, you, some of you probably have, you can get your smartphone out and find out the date, but the book of Acts was referred to as the Acts of the Apostles. Did you know that? It was called the Acts of the Apostles. And um, I don't know when it was, second, third century, somebody started calling it the Acts. They didn't know what to call it. You know, it seemed like a history book. We'll call it, there's some apostles. They're doing some things. Let's call it the Acts of the Apostles. We call it Acts. Technically, actually, it's called, if you think about it, it's some of the Acts of some of the apostles. Because you only got four mentioned by name. Peter, James, John, and James the Less. You know, what about the Apostle Paul? Well, he comes later. We'll add him. But of the 12, you've only got four mentioned. And you're going to notice something. It shifts from what's going on in Jerusalem and with the Jews. It abruptly changes course and becomes about Paul and re- or it becomes about reaching out to the Gentiles. Most of the book is about that. And what I want you to see is that from this is, is that this book is about technically, I want to tell you, what I'm noticing is it's really not the acts of some of the apostles. It's the acts of Jesus. He's continuing to work. What do you mean, Tim? Well, the Holy Spirit comes upon him and they start speaking in a language that Galileans just can't do. Um, I guess their school system was more like Edwards County. For those of you, right, Danny? Yeah. Not plus not equals not not. You know. I know some of you are from better school systems, Bethalto, Edwardsville, and I'm not trying to say they're the only ones, but let's just start with them and go, okay, we got that. You know, they've got, there's a better school system, very good school system, but where I come from, it wasn't a good school system, and Galilee was not known for its great school system, okay? It's schooling. They're unschooled ordinary men is what they're called, right? And so here's some unschooled ordinary men. The Holy Spirit helps them do something they can't do. Who's working? Holy Spirit. God's still working. Single out somebody. Well, we're going to toss some dice. That's what they're casting lots. It's either Matthias or Barsabbas is going to take the place of uh, Judas. We got two qualified guys. We don't know which one to choose. So, Lord, work. Luck be a lady tonight. <laughs> Matthias, you get to be. I don't know who cheered. I'm not sure who cheered. Matthias, yay! Or was Barsabbas, yay! <laughs> I don't know. But one of them got the job. The other one did something else. And what's going on there? They're relying on the Lord. The Holy Spirit taps Philip on the shoulder. Yes, I want you to go to the desert road. Who's working? Philip is. Who's working? God is working again. The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit singles out Paul and Barnabas to plant a church. You see all that? The Holy Spirit is working. If you read the book of Acts, how's, it, how's this story? Peter's in jail. The angel. I don't know if they have to tiptoe. Everybody's asleep. Unlocks the cell. The chains fall off. Shh. What's going on? We're getting out. Come on, follow me. They walk out. Bible says that you know, Acts are praying earnestly. Please get Peter out of jail. 
Boom, 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 boom. Please get Peter out of jail. Boom, 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 boom. Knock at the door. And the little girl goes up, opens the door. Hi, Peter. Shh. I want to freak some people out. No. No. No, he didn't do that. I'm sorry. He goes, yeah, it's me. And, and he's going, yeah, it's me. And the door goes, clunk. Still a kid. Hey. Peter's at the door. What? Peter's at the door. Lord, would you free Peter? No, he's at the door. Kids can get it wrong. He can get it wrong. Miranda Kiffmeyer came up to me last week after a three and a half hour meeting and said, you look like Abraham Lincoln. I go. She says, there, you've ever seen the before picture, before he was a president, and then afterwards? You look like him after. Kids can get it wrong. Or maybe. Kim is like, oh, no, you kids. Are oh, she didn't mean it that way. No, she, I understand. She's saying I look haggard. And Miranda, no, you look like Abraham Lincoln. Thanks, Miranda. Kids, maybe, you know, maybe. And finally they go, oh my goodness, there's, there's Peter. Who's working? It wasn't the jailers. They were asleep. It wasn't Peter. He was sleeping with them. Who's working? Holy Spirit. God is still working. God is still working. I got all kinds of verses. Can we skip down to Luke 24 here in your notes? Look at Luke 24 reads a lot like Acts 1 is what I notice. That's why we know they're sequels, not because they're just written to the same guy. But we see Luke kind of going backwards a little bit to pick up the end of, 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 of his gospel and then goes into the book of Acts. But look, look, at this, look at how Luke 24 says it. Jesus told him, he said to them, this is what I, I told you while I was still alive. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. I want you to pay attention to that. He's saying, everything about me must be fulfilled. Well, what was written about him in the Psalms, of Proverbs, the Psalms and the Prophets and, and Moses? Well, look what he says. Then he opened their, their minds so they could understand the Scriptures. He told them, this is what, what is written. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day, on, uh, from the dead on the third day. And, would you circle and? It's important we get that word. And repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning in Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. What's going on here? What's going on here in this passage? What's going on here is, is that Jesus is saying, look, there's some things that were written about me in the Psalms and, and Moses and the prophets. Now, a lot of us traditionally think, yeah, you're to die and resurrect. But he says, but there's more. They wrote more. There's more to do, Tim. What is it? That the, the preaching of the forgiveness of sins would be preached, started to be preaching, and it's going to be preached starting. You mean some more beginnings are going on? Yeah, we're going to start it in Jerusalem. God is still working, church. Jesus is still working. You know, he's, he, just because he's out of sight doesn't mean he's not working. He's alive and he's working now. And you say, well, why are you saying that so loud to me? Because I think some of us here, whether we believe it or not, we can be guilty of this kind of this logic 
I became a Christian, Tim. I made Jesus. I said, Lord, I want to follow you. I got baptized. I come out with a new life and it's finished. I just want to sit and just enjoy going to church. This is not the Peace Corps, guys. This is you are a Delta force dropped into a hostile enemy territory and we're fighting to save people's lives. That's what it's about. And, and I want you to know, Jesus says, that's what I'm about. And I want, I want you to know this morning, I know Greater Alton. God bless us, Lord. God bless us. But Greater Alton, we have had our days. We've had some good days and some bad days. We have had some days where we've baptized and, and led lots of people to God, built this building, planted a church, and then sometimes we went off the rails and crashed and go, what's going on? And the leadership isn't what it ought to be. Like, I don't know that. Like, you don't know that. We know that's true. We understand that to be true. But listen to me, church. God is still working. You understand me? He is still busy when we're not busy. And sometimes we got to have an explosion to wake us up. Some of you need to wake up and know God still has got more to do. He has so much more to do. People have counted us out. Man, they've said, stick a fork in them, they're done. They said that when we started. When Robert and I said that we're going to start Greater Alton Church, and we started, and they said they're too young and they're too stupid. And we went, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. We were young and dumb. Really, we, we didn't know what we were doing. But we wanted to please the Lord. We still do. We still do. And sometimes things go off the track and maybe you have to work apart for a while. Maybe that's the way it's got to be. Well, it shouldn't be that way. Well, in Acts, you got Paul and Barnabas who split up for a while. And God somehow made that work. I don't think he was happy about it. But people have said for years, they'll never get anywhere. Oh, they're getting somewhere? Well, they'll never plant that church. Well, they'll never build that building. They're doing it at the same time they're planting a church? Are those people insane? I want you to know, it's true. It's true. It's a fact. It's a fact. We've had some pretty poor days. We've had some failures. But it's just as true that God is working. That God is working. And I want you to know, God, Jesus wants to work. Jesus wants to work. And I want you to know, it is time, it is time that we turn God loose in this church. That we turn over our control. That we, our expectation of what church ought to be. And embrace the new normal he calls us to. What do you mean by that, Tim? We need to change. You need to change. I need to change. And the book of Acts will help you see that Jesus is still working. And I want to be in on that. I want Greater Alton to be in on that. 
Third thing, the book of Acts confirms that God wants all people saved. Well, I believe that. Are you sure? God wants all people saved, according to the book of Acts. Remember now, this is a sequel to the Gospel of Luke. Written to Greeks. Written to a man like Theophilus. He wasn't a Jew. He was a Gentile. Could Luke be saying, does Luke ever talk about this idea? Because the book of Acts, guys, the book of Acts goes from being a book of primarily about reaching the Jews to reaching Gentiles, to reaching others, all kinds of people. Is that true? Is Luke this way? Look at these patches with me. Look here at Luke 2. It says, for my eyes have seen, this is Simeon talking, who is a, a prophet, and he, he says, I'm not going to die until I hold Jesus, till I see the Messiah. And remember, he, he holds Jesus as a baby in his hands, and he says, my eyes have seen your salvation. He's, he's praising God here. Which you have prepared in the sight of all people. A light of revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. He's saying, he's saying, you are here to bring salvation not only to the Jew, but the Gentile. All people. Look at this next passage. Here's Luke again. This is, this is a very interesting parable or a very story. It's about the narrow door. And Jesus says, you better work hard to get through the narrow door because I tell you, many will try and not be able to. In fact... Someday the owner of the house is going to close the door and you're not going to be able to get in. You're going to be banging on the door going, Hey, hey, let us in. I don't know you, you evildoers. Well, we ate with you and drank with you and you taught in our streets. And I want you to see something very interesting here. Just because you're getting instructed or you're invited to church or you're instructed in the Bible doesn't mean you're in the kingdom. You've got to make effort to get in the kingdom. Your faith has to move you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And, he, and, he, and they're sitting there going, so what are you saying? I'm saying, and he goes on to say, listen, Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac are going to be, you're going to see them inside. You're going to be where it's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And he says this, people will come from the east, west, and north, and south, and will take their places at the feast in the kingdom of God. I want you to circle east because east is significant, because east usually refers to Gentiles. The wise men came from the east. They were not Jews. Okay, Tim, I think you've belabored the point. No, 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 let's keep going. Let's look at another passage out of Luke here. Look at this. So the master said, go out into the country. Remember the parable of the great banquet? He says, go and bring everybody I've invited. Now, Jesus is talking to Jews, the Jewish people, Israel. And he's telling them, God wants you to be in, my, in, in his banquet. And he's made things ready and he's urging you to come in. And what, you remember what it, it happens in that parable? They all made their excuses. I just bought a field. I just, I just got two oxen. And one said, I just got married. I can't come. The servant says, tells him that he is furious. Go out, bring in the lame, the poor, the crippled. What's he saying? There's other people I want. People aren't perfect. People are messed up. Bring them in. And the servant says, I've done it, but there's still room. Then he says this. Go out to the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house 
will be full. He's saying, I want everybody. Theophilus is reading this book of Luke and he's going, he wants everybody. That means he wants me. Amen. The parable of the, the, the father with two sons, the prodigal son. Interesting. I was reading some people that were saying the, prod, the two sons, one that stays and one that leaves, the Jew and the Gentile, the Jacob and the Esau. That the parallel, isn't that interesting? Never thought of it like that. But I'll tell you what I notice. If you leave, you can come back. I like that. Because God doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. He so loved the world, He gave His only, only one Son. Only Son He had, so that whosoever, not certain people, whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And Luke just says this over and over, and it spills into the book of Acts. It spills into even the book of Acts. Acts 10, look what it says here. It says, Acts 10, you've got Cornelius, who's a Gentile, and he's had a dream. He's supposed to go find this guy named Peter. And Peter, on, he's having a dream somewhere else on the roof, a, a vision three times. Remember that? These animals come down, and they're all unclean. A Jew's not to eat them. And, and God says, kill and eat. But these are unclean. He's arguing with God. These are unclean. I know, but that now what God called unclean is now clean. He has that vision three times. Here comes Cornelius' servants. Boom, boom, boom at the door. Hey, you need to come with us. There's a man named Cornelius that's looking for you. Really? Yeah. You know, I've had a vision. I'll, I'll come. So he comes over and he's, he comes to Cornelius' house and he listens to Cornelius for a little bit. He goes, wow! And he says these words. Now I realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. But he accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what's right. I think what's interesting is, he goes, so what do you want from me? Even Peter's struggling with this. I want you to know, you read the book of Acts, everybody, all kinds of people are saved. All kinds of people are preached to and taught. The Acts men in the Bible, not only are those that, that teach the gospel, but those that receive the gospel. You've got, you've got Jews of every kind of nation in Acts 2. And then you have, you have an Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8 and then Acts 10. You have a Gentile. Then you see Lydia, an Acts woman. You see, you see other people mentioned, a Philippian jailer. These all, everybody, all people, different kinds of people. Had a fellow one time visit our church. He said, I've been checking you guys out. My daughter comes here. And I've been checking on the internet about you guys. And I go, oh, what'd you find on the internet? You know, you can punch anything in and get some interesting stuff. What did you find on YouTube? You know, maybe there's something there. He goes, well, you know, I decided to come and see myself. I wanted to see if you guys were a cult. I go, yeah, my mom said we were in a cult. I remember that. She goes, I'm in a cult. Okay, I understand that. You know, every parent concerned about that. I don't blame them. You know, you, they go to school, they run into this person, they begin to go to church more, which they would like to see, but it's making them nervous. What are they telling you? You know, and so he's checked us out. And he goes, and Tim, I walk in. This is back when we were meeting in the old auditorium. He said, I walk in and look around. I go, <coughs> I said, Nicole. 
I said, what are you trying to say? Well, I saw all kinds of people. I thought, kind of like an Oscar Mayer church. He said it. A lot of weird people. Yeah. I'd say turn to somebody who's weird, and but you know, he'd be turning to you before you turn to them. So, weird. We're weird. Yeah, we're weird people. Pretty people. Not so pretty people. Talented people. Not so talented people. Shy people. Loud people. Very loud people, yes. <laughs> tall people. Short people. People that are tall this way. People, you know, that's just the way it is. We just carry our height differently. How did I get there? You see what I'm saying? And men, women, and whatever politically correct way you want to say the rest of it, we're just a, a melting pot of people. He sits in this auditorium right now. I guess he's embraced his weirdness too. What am I saying? See, when I read the book of Acts, there's, there's people in jail that are converted, people on the beach, people in the city, people in the middle of the country, nowhere else, foreigners, anybody. But it's not just, guys, it's not just anybody, but it's, it's broken people hurting people. People that have no confidence. People that have some. It's, it's all kinds of everybody kind of people. Do you understand me? That when you read the book of Acts, you're going to notice that. That God wants all people saved. You say, oh, I do too. I know you want your family saved and your friends saved. Yeah. But I don't know. Do you, are you sure you want all people saved? How about your ex-wife? How about your boss? He won't give me a raise. Baptize him, see what happens. I don't know. Another employee that's giving you the business. Do you want them saved? How about your critics? Those that criticize you. That neighbor that just doesn't like the way you mow your lawn. I'll tell you what I noticed. I, I noticed people like that in the Bible. You have a man who whipped two men and they reach out to him. God, you're so good to us. We need this book of Acts. We need this book of Acts right now. And what about strangers? What about strangers? God wants all people saved, church, even strangers people you've never met or you're going to beat. You sure you want everybody saved? God does. Third thing, I know i got to hurry. Think about this third one. The book of Acts tells me this, okay? The book of Acts tells me that... Well, show the point here. I want to make sure I'm on the right point. Yeah. 
it reveals that God wants to work through me. He wants to work through me. Through you. Me? He wants to work with me? Absolutely. The Bible says that faith comes from hearing the Word of God. Did you, if you read the verses in, in Romans 10, three verses before Romans 10, 17, it says, those, he says, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, but how can they call on the name of the Lord unless they believe? And how can they believe unless they hear? And how can they hear unless someone is sent? So God uses people? Yeah, He does. Uh, he uses Luke as a doctor. I think this is interesting. Doctor, the Bible calls doctor or calls Luke a doctor. Did you know that? He is a doctor. And look at it says here in Acts 16. It seems that Luke has now joined them at this time. Before he was, you know, before that he was writing down everything they were saying, but this is when he started he started using the word us and we in the book of Acts. It says after Paul had seen the vision, we that means he was there. He was with Paul. Excuse me, he was with Paul for twelve years. From that point to the end of his life. It says that we got we, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And I, and I think that's awesome. You know what I what I think is really cool about this? Here's a doctor, and it does it says that in Colossians four. He goes, he calls he's called Luke, our dear friend, doctor. And, you know, here's a guy who's a professional who's, I've, I'm sure he was, you know, he, he wanted to mend bodies. He wanted to fix and help the sick and stuff. But he had a greater purpose than his profession. You hear me? Greater purpose than his I, I admire people like that, don't you? Luke is one of those kinds of people. And maybe you're a professional person. You make lots of money. Luke probably made lots of money. But you know what he was really after? Making lots of difference. Lots of disciples. You see, guys, we're not on this earth to put in auto glass or air conditioning. Listen, you're not on this earth to teach kids at school. That's not what your profession is. Oh, that may be your profession, but is that really what you're to be? Is that what it's really about? Maybe, you're, maybe you mix chemicals or analyze things or inspect things. Maybe you're an attorney. Maybe you're a boiler maker that that welds things and builds these mighty things. Uh, maybe, maybe you're a librarian. Maybe, I, I don't know. You work at fast food. I'm feeding people. But you know, it's not your, that's your profession, but you're bigger than that, aren't you? I want to feed people the bread of life. If I want to fix something, I'll fix their windshield, but I'm really interested in fixing their problem. Letting Jesus get in there. Who's the who's the doctor, the great physician. Well, I'm retired. I'm retired. I, I, you know, yeah. Retired. Retired to work. Retired to... That, yeah, you may have retired from your profession, but what about your purpose? Luke is just this way. Well, Tim, I don't have a lot on the ball. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not somebody. I don't make a lot of money. Am I off the hook? Sorry. No, no, you're not. God uses ordinary people, too. Acts 4 tells us this. That He uses... or It says that when they looked at them and they saw they were unschooled, ordinary men, they had no special training. What's that mean? They had no training. Well, I've got to know a lot of stuff where I can work and, and God worked through me. No, you don't. You can start right now. 
unschooled, ordinary, what they did see was that those guys had been with Jesus, not on YouTube. They weren't known for being on Facebook. They weren't known for watching this show or learning from that university. They didn't have a class ring. They know they knew Jesus. That's all that matters. And they took that ordinary, these axe men. That's why I love about this guy here. You know, I don't know what education he has. I watch the show. They don't look like they're that bright, do they? But they sure know how to do that. You give them something sharp, and you give them a place to harvest trees, and they'll go. And they know what to do. And all I know, guys, we're ordinary church. We're just a regular ordinary church. But I'll tell you what, God wants wants to use you for His purpose. That makes you incredibly special. And I want to encourage you: take the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, that's sharp, sharper than a double-edged sword, and go into the harvest field. Let's clear some timber, create some paths that people can follow. Let's get to work. But Tim, I'm ordinary. You're right about that. You got me there. But I got a lot of baggage. I'm a mess. I want to tell you, if you've got a lot of baggage, God is more interested in using you than Jerry Springer having you on his show. You've seen that show, Baggage. We don't admit it. I wouldn't have you raise your hands. You'd be ashamed, I know. But I've watched it. Yeah, don't open that bag. No, what? You did that? i got to change the channels. Not yet. I want to see what happens. But, you know, we, and they reveal their baggage. I don't even know if it's really their baggage. But, you know, guys, we have real baggage, don't we? We're sinners. We're screw-ups. We mess up. We, we're not very talented. we got type A, type B, and type S people. Type S, sinner. Sinner. And yet, the Apostle Paul, one of the Acts men that the book of Acts focuses on, would say in Romans 15, he'd say these words, I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me in leading the Gentiles to obey God by what I have said and done. He's saying, what I've said and what I've done, God is working through me by my, what I say and what I do. This is not me working. In fact, I think he, would, I think he says in 1 Corinthians uh, 15, he says, it's, not, it's the grace of God that's working through me. Not me. It's God working through me. And I want to say to you this morning as we close. I want to challenge you to read the book of Acts. Let it, let it, let it build your faith. That the time for worrying about Greater Alton needs to come to an end and we start working in the kingdom. The book Acts, let it encourage you and challenge you to do that very thing. Knowing that he who began a good work in you, that's what Paul said, is going to complete it. And he's, he's still working through willing people. And he'll work with... Are you willing to let him work through you? He wants everybody saved. Are you selecting? Are you playing God and selecting who should be saved and who shouldn't? Let him... He's God. Let him do that. To this week, when you're out and about, you might meet somebody or you have a conversation. Don't think of it as a coincidence.
But like Acts 8, God puts two people together for a purpose. Don't resist the Spirit when He's trying to work through you. Open your mouth. I wouldn't know what to say. Let God help you. Maybe you've got to say, I don't know what to say. But I feel like I'm, su- I'm just supposed to tell you that God loves you and I'd like to invite you to church. Or, you know, we've been, we, have, we've been to, we need to study the Bible together. Could we do that? Let, let, let God's Spirit nudge you and create boldness in you this, this week. Let Him work through you. Be an axe man. You know about the card in your bulletin. You've got something you'd like to say, something you'd like to, a decision you want to make or a prayer request. Why not write that out? Let us pray for you. Let us get, we'll, we'll, we send this to people. They get five cards, six cards apiece, and all they do is pray all week for that. And that, doesn't that feel good to know you've got somebody praying for you? Praying that God's will be done? Praying that concern besides you? You don't have to pray and you don't have to handle or tackle anything alone. God has given, given you an opportunity to let others help you. Let other prayers go up. I know many of you are praying for Gary and Alan and I, and I know you are. I can tell. And please keep praying. Pray for all of us. Pray for Greater Alton. Pray for the crossings. And pray, pray that we will be axe men and axe women in His service.